WFJA 105.5, Sanford, Pinehurst, Southern Pines. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. You may not like your seats, but you'll love the show. Good morning. Welcome to From the Cheap Seats. Chris DeLambert, Brandon Atkins coming to you from Central North Carolina. I'm a little foggy this morning, Brandon, and I can't promise I'm not going to say something ridiculous this morning. Yeah, this is going to be one of those mornings where we kind of have to watch what we say. Yeah, you know? for real. I, I I feel as though I'm inebriated. I, I don't know what it is. It's 9 o'clock in the morning. I have not been drinking. That time change finally get to you? Man, catch up? something. That's what it is. I'm going to blame it on daylight savings time. And and Every, you know what? most things should be blamed on daylight savings time. I, I can dig that, but beyond that, see, I think I think I really know the reason now is the power flickered in our part of town uh, over the weekend. Yeah, and my stove clock got reset, and it's it's way behind at this. We point. almost did and a whole I think segment. I'm on stove time. We did a, almost did a whole segment on stove clocks one time. Yeah, Remember not that? not not any of our better work, but we did. Yeah. And how, why aren't they like, like every other device out there, which automatically adjusts to, to the time change? Yeah, for real. And you know, Thanksgiving is almost upon us. And my wife asked me the other day, hey, do we have a meat thermometer? Hmm. And, and certainly somewhere in the things that we own as 40-somethings, we have at least one meat thermometer somewhere. Sure. And I couldn't find one. So I decided I'm going to take a run at one of these. Have you seen the Bluetooth meat thermometers? I think I have, yeah. I, I, I was thinking, and, and there's part of me that it, it offends my manliness having a meat thermometer that feeds my phone, and I can't reconcile why that is. It, do I have to turn in my man card if I, if I pull out, I if I get a gadget, so. or does that increase my machismo? No, I just think it, it's a little nerdy. It, way nerdy. But I don't think it does anything to your manhood. Way nerdy. But I am, you know, I, I am a nerd. And and I think I'm gonna pull the trigger and drop about seventy five bucks. I think if I order it, I think I've still got plenty some, of time before Thanksgiving to have it delivered. So I think there's gonna be are. some buyer's remorse. You're gonna use you it think? this one time for Thanksgiving, and you're gonna see that seventy five bucks every time you go to get a spatula. Well, yeah, for real. <laughs> every time I'm looking for the the potato masher, the other <laughs> thing that I use like once a year. The the thing with the meat thermometer is these things are built for using on the grill. Mm-hmm. And the idea that I'm going to use a meat thermometer on the grill, that offends me. I think, I think I've kind of I, – I, I appreciate your counseling here because I think I've worked this out. For the turkey, I'm good with that. You know, because you because just you never know. You, you kind of forget. You, you kind of yeah. forget what you're doing. I'm, I'm, I'm having to go back and YouTube all the, uh, the turkey fryer instructions so I don't, like, blow myself up. You know what I mean? So, But you're talking about, like, a steak. If you don't know – when a steak is ready, then you get your man card pulled. Yeah. All right. So I'm okay with that. And I and I think now that as soon as we get out of here, maybe even during one of the segments. So if I go dark, you know what I'm doing. I'm actually pulling the trigger and ordering that for Amazon. But yeah, here's to here's a message to all of you men, women, children out in listener land. If you put a meat thermometer into a piece of meat on your grill, you are not allowed to grill. No. You go set the grill out by the road. 
or let the, let the trash man pick it up, or or, or let just somebody some, come put it, it in the someone, back of their truck. Give it to somebody worthy. Yes, I yeah, a hundred percent. You know what's funny? You were just talking about. I know we're, you're wanting to talk Heisman stuff. I think, but uh, of all the options I have to grill, Chris, you know my situation, right? Like, I, I'm, so I'm, I'm well aware of your I situation. Have portable. Um, I have a portable grill for camping or tailgating. I got a freaking green egg. That you don't even want to know what I spent on it. A huge green egg. Oh, I'm aware because I thought at one point, that's cool. I should have one of those in my life. And then I looked and I was like, oh, God. Yes. So, and then I have a regular gas grill. I have a charcoal grill. You know I have Prime Optimus, Optimus Prime, Prime Rib, rib yes. which is my flat grill yes, yes. in my house. I have a gas uh, stove. The, th- the thing is, is my daughters wanted me to cook. Um, I had some fillets and somebody didn't come over, so I had fillets left over. So Clarice and her friend wanted me to cook them fillets, and I opted to, after watching Brian Moser at Cooper's, I opted to use just the the stovetop out of all those options and pan fried these steaks. And the girls said it was the best ones I've ever done, which just kind of hurt my feelings. Now, you know when I mean? you pan fry a steak, do you finish it in the oven? Or do you just you nah. sear it, sear it, I, I, and you're, sear it, you're gone? Sear it, and then now that's a good idea. I know people that do that, but I and then I kind of turn it on its end, and I hit the ends. Yes. And by the time you hit the ends, it's cooked through. Okay. And then you got that texture on each side where you sear, and then you like I, I have some special ingredients that I'm not going to share over the air. You're going to have to pay for that, but that's how I did it. And they were like, "Oh my!" God. One of the her friends like travels a lot all over the world. She was like, this is the best steak I've ever had. And I've had steaks all over the world. And I could just hear all my devices and equipment out in the garage going, really? For real. You pan fried and that's really? the result you got. In a so, cast iron skillet, you pan fried a steak and that's better than anything this egg can do that you dropped, you know, 1500 bucks on. You wow. can you can cook pizzas in me. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> now, so so yes, you do have a flat top grill in your house that we affectionately call Optimus Prime Rib. That's correct. I just want to know how many times you've made the little onion volcano in in your house because I know you have. I've tried once. Did it work out? No. God, oh, like we gotta, almost. Got to work on that. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta get a case of beer and make that happen I and have, figure out what the 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 science is there. Yeah, I can't. I couldn't find the proper oil. To like ah. make it happen, I could do the onion and stack it up, and then almost, you know, singed my kids. See, I wouldn't off. have given up that easily. There have been times where, when I'm rocking the charcoal, mm-hmm. where I've realized I don't have lighter fluid, and the things that I have used to light charcoal. With, oh no! Oh yeah, you know, motor oil works. Did oh, you know that? Maybe that's why you feel so bad today. Yeah, it could be. It could have, could have been catching up. But so, I have done the hibachi flip the shrimp up to the kids and watch them, like, gobble them out of the all air. All right, that's pretty cool, man. I have never understood. You know, people say, well, you know, if you, if you hit that sear, you're going to lock in the juice. I've never understood how you can do that without getting the ends. You know, because people sear side side. Well, that's cool. That locked it in from top to bottom. But what about the sides that are not seared? I don't, I don't understand. You got to flip the, them on the end. The concept. I got it. You just sort of roll them around. All right. If you had a Heisman vote, man, who would it go? Who would it go to today? What is it? After, November, after November twenty fifth. I'd give it to your boy Chase at Ohio State. Chase Young. a monster. Yeah, I'm, I'm down for Chase Young. Except that Chase Young's not going to win the Heisman Trophy. So, but we, if I could give it, we we need to resign ourselves to the fact that the best player in the country, who is Chase Young 
who in his two premium matchups thus far has taken over games, um, not the least of which was this weekend, as they, they dusted off Penn State in a game that on the scoreboard wound up a lot closer than it really was. Um, Ohio State, if you take away some some really kind of fluky turnovers, uh, really had that game under control the entire time. Uh, good ball game. Good ball game. They get out of there 28-17 and set up a matchup with Michigan that means something, and I, I, I'm trying to wrap my mind around how much it really does mean. So, all right. So well, let me let me get off the Heisman for a second and ask you a question in a vacuum. Okay, mm-hmm. Ohio State's coming into this ball game undefeated, eleven and zero. They're playing at Michigan, the thirteenth ranked team in the country. If Ohio State loses this game to Michigan and and assume that it's a close game mm-hmm. and goes on to win in the Big Ten championship against Wisconsin or or Minnesota. Is Ohio State in the playoff? Yes. Oh, wow. They're okay. also the most dangerous team to, if they get into the playoff, they'll be the most dangerous four seed since that Alabama team. So, oh, okay. So you think they would get in as a four seed as a one loss Big Ten champ? I think and so. They'd be the... Unless some other losses occur. Okay. Like, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, and I'm just in a vacuum. You say that if they lose at Michigan, if they stub their toe, that Ohio State's still in. And I, I tend to agree with you. The eyeball test says that the most balanced team on both sides of the ball of any other team in the country. Okay. Now, I want to I want to take this a different direction now. Okay. Because you say Ohio State's one loss team is in. I agree because I don't think Alabama can do enough in, in this win against Auburn. I mean, Alabama could come up and drop seventy on Auburn. I don't think that's going to happen. I'm not even certain they're going to beat Auburn. To be perfectly honest, but if they do. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. By the way, um, Michigan's playing really well right now. Uh, I don't, for the life of me, know how Michigan's going to score on Ohio State. Michigan is playing well, and Michigan is not a bad ball club this year. Um, They have, you know, Michigan has been up and down during the Jim Harbaugh era. It's, It's a weird thing going on there. But here's the thing. They come in at nine and two. Those losses were at Wisconsin and at Penn State. That's two pretty hefty road losses there. The problem is is that the only good win they've got on their schedule is Notre Dame. Who who has actually put together a pretty good record but this year. One good win in a year, you know, well, I, I take that back. They did beat Iowa. So I don't know, man. I don't know. Well, here's here's my second question, though, because we, we've determined that we both feel like if Ohio State loses to Michigan, wins the Big Ten championship, they're in. The next question I have is let's say for a moment that Ohio State wins at Michigan and rolls into the Big Ten championship. They're going to get either Wisconsin, who's a two-loss team, or Minnesota, who's a one-loss team. So... If Ohio State beats Michigan, goes into the Big Ten Championship undefeated, and gets knocked off by either Wisconsin or Minnesota. Do they still get in? No. Does Minnesota or Wisconsin get in? Because I think at that point, Ohio State does not get in. I don't think they go to the Big Ten Championship, lose, and turn around and get to play in the playoff. That's just how I feel about it. Now, now where where are you at with that? 
I per- <coughs> excuse me. Um, I personally think that um, Ohio State still gets in. Wow. Okay. And Minnesota, I, th- I just think they can't do enough. I mean, that, who'd they beat? Northwestern this week. I don't think they ha- have enough left to be able to creep up from the 10 spot to, to get in the top four. Well, here's the thing. What, what you just said is Wisconsin and Minnesota are going to have to play each other. This is a de facto playoff game this week for Wisconsin and Minnesota, mm. sort of. Um, but the winner of that is going to play in the Big Ten Championship, period. I don't think that Minnesota gets in just based on the sheer f- fact that the coach at every interv- after every interview says, row the boat. I just can't get down with that. I'm down. I'm, it is played. It's played, and I, I, I need for it to go away. But let's let's examine this for a second. Let's say Minnesota, who, who did get beat. Um, and it, it, they took a bad loss, all right, a couple weeks ago. But now they've got to play Wisconsin and then Ohio State, and they would finish as a one a one loss Big Ten champion. I think Minnesota gets in in that case. Hmm. I really do. I don't think it's going to happen. But Minnesota, who's got a, a pair of receivers that are that are really really top shelf, um, and has D one or has NFL talent on both sides of the ball, which is kind of bizarre to say. Um, Okay, well, so is Oregon out after their loss? Oregon's out. So you don't want Oregon has can we not jump, done can, enough. In order to make this make sense, let's can we jump around a little bit about let's past week's results? Okay, hold, hold let, let's hold on a second here because I want to I want to I want to break this I'm down. I'm trying to folks. figure out let, let's how uh, Minnesota's or Wisconsin. You're not you're not asking about Wisconsin, Wisconsin. is a t- Wisconsin would be tougher because Wisconsin's got two losses. And you're sure this is not any Big Ten bias? No, no, no. I'm, 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 I'm legit. I'm, I'm trying to get your perspective. Minnesota comes in to this weekend at ten and one. If they win out, if they beat Wisconsin and beat Ohio State, and and for those of you out there who are not tracking the Big Ten, Ohio State is into the Big Ten championship game regardless of what happens with Michigan. Okay. If Minnesota wins out in the final five weeks of their season, they will have won against Penn State, lost a close game to Iowa, who's the 20th team in the country right now, won convincingly at Northwestern. They will have beat Wisconsin and beat Ohio State. That's Penn State, Wisconsin, Ohio State in the last five weeks that they will have all beaten. I think, really truly, that Ohio State would be out, Minnesota would be in if Minnesota runs the table and wins the Big Ten Championship. I, I believe that's okay. I'm, true. I can get with you on that, but that's not going to happen. I, I don't think so either. They're it's, not going to beat Wisconsin and Ohio State. Well, the the thing is, I, I told you that my concern with this Minnesota sort of adventure that we were going on, this amazing ride that PJ Fleck and his boys are on, when they got through Penn State. I thought that was bad for the Big Ten because I didn't think they could beat Penn State, Iowa, and Wisconsin three out of four weeks. Now, they beat Penn State. They dropped that game to Iowa. I do think they can bounce back against Wisconsin. The problem they have against Wisconsin is going to be part weather Mm -hmm. because Minnesota has to throw the ball. If this is a bad weather game, Wisconsin's going to destroy them because nobody runs the ball in bad weather like Wisconsin does. So 
that's that's one of the first considerations, and I don't know what the weather is yet out there. But Ohio State, Michigan. When is Wisconsin going to stop being this dinosaur offense? Like, they literally are throwback offense and have been since as long as I can remember. It's just they're not, not going to stop being that dinosaur offense until they build a dome in Madison. Hmm. Okay. And that's the difference. People that talk about the SEC, they're like, well, the SEC's got all this speed. The SEC's got this. The SEC's got that. The SEC can build their teams that way because they're going to be playing in 85-degree weather in most of those SEC cities. They're not trudging through two feet of snow. Exactly. November, December. Now, if if you want to take one of those SEC teams and send send them to Madison to play in the middle of winter or to Michigan or to Ohio State, it's a different animal. But the teams are constructed differently. Mm. And that's not me, you know. Oh well, Big Ten doesn't get doesn't get their their fair shake, because when you look at team speed, look no further than Ohio State. Ohio State's as fast a team as there is in the country, year in and year out. They're in that sort of top five, top six talent wise, but they have to be able to construct their offenses differently than if you're playing at Auburn or at Alabama or anywhere down in the South at Florida with the rest of those schools. It's just it's a fact of life. Clemson doesn't have to account for the cold weather, and I'm certain that even when they're putting their schedules together, the chances of Clemson going up into the Midwest or the Northeast to play, you know, a non-conference game in November or December is not going to happen. All right, we've got a lot to talk about today. We never did get to the question uh, about the Heisman, really, beyond Chase Young. Yeah, I said Chase Young, end of of story. All right, well, we'll peel it apart a little bit more. We'll look at some other scenarios Look at what's fair, what's not fair. You're listening from the cheap seats in Central North Carolina. I'm Chris. This is Brandon. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you on the other side of the break. Well, not all realtors are the same. I'm Crystal Copas, and I don't just stick a sign in the yard, throw it in the MLS, and hope to collect a commission. I provide a customized marketing plan that includes professional staging, photography, videography, and drone at no cost to you. Contact me, Crystal Copas, with REMAX Real Estate Service, and let's get your house sold. 919-356-5402 or visit me at crystalcopas.com. Did you know there is a place right here in downtown Sanford that utilizes fresh, organic, and sustainable foods from our area's vast farming community? It's Cooper's Restaurant and Wine Room, located at 133 South Steel Street in historic downtown Sanford. I'm Executive Chef Brian Moser. Come join us Tuesday through Saturday from 5 to 10 to experience an ever-evolving, locally-sourced menu featuring the area's best farmers paired with the locally brewed beers and some of the world's best wine. Make your reservations now on the Open Table app and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. You've messed up your daughter's haircut. Do you A, get spiritual. Mom, where's the mirror? Beauty is within. Oh. B, find the positives. Less time blow drying, more time texting. Or C, show empathy. Mom, you really don't have twinsies. I kind of love it. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on adoption, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. Swimming pools can be lots of fun, but they can be dangerous too, especially for young children. 
Always practice simple safety steps to prevent tragedies. Fence all pools. Teach kids to swim. And always watch them around water. No force play. Simple steps save lives. To learn new life-saving steps, visit PoolSafely.gov. A public service message from the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission. A message from the American Migraine Foundation. It's an absolute nightmare. There's pain that does not stop. I feel trapped by migraine. Migraine is a disabling disease. I feel like I'm dying. You feel like the world's closing in on you. There's nothing you can do. It's like you're trapped in your head. There's no escaping it. You can't leave your body. Don't suffer alone. Make your move against migraine. Visit AmericanMigraineFoundation.org to find help, learn more, and get connected. This is beautiful. I don't believe I'm here. Uh, welcome back to From the Chiefs. East. Crystal Lambert, Brandon Atkins. Sanford, North Carolina is home for us. But I know there are people listening all over the country. Are we um, Sanfordians or San- Sanfordites? Uh, Sanfordidians is, is what I prefer. Sanfordidians. There, there's an extra letter or two in there, but I like that. Samfordians. What do you prefer, Sanfordites or Sanfor- Sanfordians? I like Sanfordians. Do you? Yeah, Sanfordians. It rolls cool. off the tongue. Yeah, cool. If we like, uh, you know, if this was, you know, back in the old imperial days, we'd be the Sanfordian invaders. You know, we go, you know, take over countries and oppress their their peoples. I don't know, Sir de Lambert. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I like that. Sanfordia. Yeah, I can. I, I'm down for that, man. I'm down for that's what we ought to do. Change this from Sanford to Samfordia. Samfordia. <laughs> that that would be that would be. You dope. have to walk through a, a wardrobe to get here, like Samfor- like Narnia. I, I can dig it, man. I can dig it. I feel like I did walk through a, a wardrobe this morning on the way into the station. It's kind of bananas. So Thursday night, it's rivalry week in, in college football, which is unlike anything else. Uh, all kinds of craziness can happen. The the premium game amongst all of the, the quote-unquote rivalry games Carolina is... Carolina NC State? Nah, nope, not really. <laughs> um, is uh, Ohio State-Michigan. I don't know how Michigan's going to score enough points to beat Ohio State. Um it's really going to take some freaky things to happen. Michigan does have talent, but you're you're talking about one of the best defensive fronts in college football in any particular year. And what Michigan does on offense is so elementary. And Jim Harbaugh, everything's relative because what I'm going to say right now is certainly an overstatement. But when it comes to coaches at big programs, there are very few who consistently have their team unprepared. And I don't know what it is going on there in Michigan. I don't know if it's hard-headedness. I don't know whatever. But if ever Michigan had a chance to put together an offensive game plan that could be effective, it's this week. Because what Ohio State does on defense is not complicated. They're not going to do a whole lot of different things on offense. They run almost exclusively zone. They don't blitz a great deal. They're easy to game plan for, theoretically. Right. And if you have the horses, you can do some things on offense. I just don't know that that Harbaugh's going to be effective enough as a game planner to have Michigan ready to play. And if they're not ready to play at the at the oh, on the opening snap, they're going to get run out of there. Um, this is Ryan Day's first crack at Michigan. 
Urban Meyer went undefeated for his life against Michigan, which is unprecedented. So the Ryan Day era in Ohio State has looked pretty good up to this point. And I don't know how much of that is tied to him being a first-year coach and the energy that comes with it. Because every program seems to have a game where they almost stub their toe at I some point. Just Look theirs. at Clemson this year. <laughs> and you Carolina. may be right. It may be the Penn State game where they turned it over a couple times well, and almost gacked it away. I watched that. I told you I was in the garage <clears throat> this weekend cleaning up and stuff. But I took the time to because I really wanted to watch Ohio State. Because I'd watched them a little bit here and there, but I wanted to watch watch them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that that game should have been a blowout by thirty five points at I, least. I, I tend to agree. Um, they just but Fields, alas, Fields needs to hand, hold on to the ball. Well, Justin and, Fields, and, Justin Fields was nursing a hand injury, and it was you know a little bit of talk about it coming in. But one way or the other, ball security is important. And for those of you that don't know, Justin Fields. Um, Dropped a touchdown going into the end zone at the goal line inches before he crossed the, crossed the plane, which took a score off the board, which really would have gotten the game almost to, to out of control. And then in the second half, they had fumbles on a couple of drives, may have been back-to-back drives, and gave Penn State a short field. Penn State was able to convert. But in the end, even though the game was a one-score game for a while after that, it just never felt like Penn State, Penn State was couldn't get move the ball. Going. No. And they had the they had the freshman quarterback come in at one point, um, and it, it sort of changed the momentum. But in the end, Ohio State handled that. Penn State, James Franklin said a, a couple of years ago, you know, we're not an elite program yet. You're still not an elite program. Um, no, and it's it's no knock. I mean, Penn State's a good ball club, but let's let's really peel that back. Penn State is one of those schools over the course of college football history that has not, you know, continually consistently been. An elite program through the Joe Paterno area era, they had you know moments of greatness, you know where they rolled out, and they were certainly a very very good program. But you don't look back over time and say, "Well, Penn State was a powerhouse." You know what I mean? Am I, am I wrong? Am I overstating that? I think I understand what you're saying. You know, Big Ten sports better than I do, but they it seemed like they were always there in the conversation. Whereas you may have. Let's just take Michigan for an example. They might have a two- or three-year run and then kind of be mediocre. You know what I'm saying? So it looked like Penn State, even though they didn't, you know, maybe they didn't get the ring that year or the trophy or whatever, but they were just always in the conversation, kind of like Notre Dame. Well, let's let's be – let me make sure that I'm 100% clear and nobody accuses me of being biased. Through the 70s, 80s in particular, Michigan was king of the Big Ten. Mm. Not Ohio State. Ohio State could never, no matter what was going on, beat Michigan. And that right there in and of itself, Ohio State, you could say, through that part of their history, was not a powerhouse. Mm. You know, they'd have a good year, whatever. There were some some great Ohio State teams. But Michigan was the perennial um, contender, as it were. But the thing with the with Penn State is they came relatively late to what wow, what just happened there? That's not us, is it? No. Oh, okay. Um that was good radio. Yeah, right. Penn State came late to the Big Ten. People don't remember this, but until ninety three, Penn State played as an independent. 
So they've they're they're in the Big Ten now, and from a from a depend upon your age, you look and you're like, yeah, well, Penn State's always been in the Big Ten. Now they weren't. Back in the day when Joe Paterno was doing those things, he was playing as an independent with the armies and navies and Notre Dames of the world. Um, and when you think about independence throughout the country, Notre Dame certainly was a more accomplished independent than Penn State was. So they they kind of go. All right. Now, well, you were talking about rival. I know you want to stay on topic about teams that are relevant. We're not, we, we relevant. haven't stayed on topic yet this morning, so why would you're, we start You're wanting now? to talk about relevant teams? But I don't feel sorry for them, but I do kind of feel sorry. Duke, their rivalry, <laughs> they're like, okay, you don't really have a rivalry in football because Carolina and State are still rivals in football, so we're just going to pair you up with Wade Forest. It's just, that's kind of sad, right? You, you Duke. And Carolina are arguably, you're going to argue probably Michigan, uh, Michigan and Ohio State, one of the best rivalries of all time in basketball is yes. Carolina Duke. And then they leave basketball season and go to football season, and they're like, eh, just go over there in the corner and play with Wake Forest. Which is funny because from a historical context, Duke is a more accomplished football program than both of them. I know. I mean, when you look at terms of national championships and, and, and their ties deep to runs Alabama. And, and the ties to Alabama and all the rest of that, Duke has a richer football history than either NC State or North Carolina. And they're like, eh, yeah, go play Wake Forest. Just go, you know, just go over there at Wake Forest. Who, you know, for what it's worth, has been better than any of the North Carolina teams this year on the football field. Oh, yeah. Very interesting. So uh, the, the question I wanted to ask you, because I don't know if you know the answer. Oh, okay. And, and we were fun. talking about this being rivalry week across the country. Crazy things happen. People get energized about games that otherwise don't matter. And it, I was thinking about this this weekend as I flipped through the channels and recognized a couple of things. First of all, NC Central versus NCANT was actually televised. And it was actually televised with a real crew and not the two cameras and Eric Clemens on the mic that it normally gets. And I thought, I'm going to watch a little bit of this. And in the third quarter, when it was 54-0 A&T, I turned it right back off. Aggies. Yeah, go Aggies, whatever. Um, for those of you that don't know, I'm I'm a current NC Central student and, you know, wanted to get excited about it, but that didn't work out. And, and by the way, um, if, if you're listening to the NC Central radio network, I think they need a new play-by-play guy, and that, that guy should be me. Um, to my original direction that I was headed here. Ole Miss plays Mississippi State this weekend. One of the most hallowed of all the rivalry games. And if you're in Mississippi, you wouldn't know that there were any other rivalry games played anywhere. With the exception of probably Auburn, Alabama, because all of those all of the fans at both of those schools at on some level recognize uh Alabama and Auburn's a whole lot more important than we are. They'll never say those words, but they're always kind of looking out that direction. And Mississippi football fans are split into two distinct groups. You have Ole Miss and Mississippi State fans who hate Alabama, Mm -hmm. and then you have others who are like, "Uh, they're not my favorite team, but I hope Alabama wins because SEC. Right. All right, so it's kind of wild how that all plays out. But do you know what the name of the game is? That Ole Miss and Mississippi play each year. It's it's got a cool name. 
Uh, is it the Mississippi slap fight? It is not the Mississippi slap fight, but the Mississippi slap fight would be a whole lot better than even the one that I'm about to roll out to you. All right, what is it? Their annual game against one another is called the Egg Bowl. Oh, I knew that. Did I you know that? that? I mean, I'm not, now I remember that it is. Got it. I've been to I've been to several egg bowls. You know, they had to have sat around a conference room table for days to fig- come up with that name. The no, if anybody had sat around a conference table, they would have come up with something other than egg bowl. I mean, given you know the corporate staleness in America generally, egg bowl is you know it's well, it's old. School. You know, it's probably they sat around a long time ago and they're like, what name for this matchup? Is not ever going to have to be changed for any political reasons whatsoever, like the Red River shootout and stuff like that. So let's just call oh, it. No, no, no. It's the Red River rivalry game now. I know. That, you I know. can't call it shootout. So they oh said, my gosh. Let's just not call it that. Let's just call it the Egg Bowl. We'll never have to change the name of it, right? Yeah. Okay. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, the, um, the Carolina State rivalry is coming up for all you local folks out there. <clears throat> and, uh, Carolina has a chance to go bowling. I think that, you know, you asked me what would be a successful season this year for them, and I said about seven or eight games, and it started out looking pretty good. Oh, yeah, you were looking you were looking like a soothsayer. But uh, they have a chance to go to some, like, you know, uh, nothing like the great egg bowl, <laughs> but, you know, the Meineke car center tire bowl or something like that, maybe. I don't even know if they're making it into a bowl like that good. But uh, NC State is not bowl eligible, will not be bowl eligible with a win this week. So I guess their Super Bowl this year is to, to deny Carolina of a bowl at all. So they're just all sitting at home on the couch watching the bowls just like us. All right. Well, I've got some egg bowl history for you <laughs> on the other side of the break. I'm going to okay. break it out because I just found a great a great quote from coverage of the egg bowl back in the uh, back in the day. We'll talk about that more on the other side of the break. You're listening from the cheap seats in Central North Carolina. Check us out on social media at Cheap Seat Radio. To buy your home, you became a house-hunting ace. Learned about loans, scoured neighborhoods, and asked the right questions. Now you're queen of your castle. If you manage that, you can get your retirement plan on track. Visiting aceyourretirement.org can help. With 401k tips and smart saving strategies, you'll feel empowered to own your retirement like you own your home. Go to aceyourretirement.org. Because when it comes to clearing financial hurdles, you're an ace. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Are you ready to sell your home and don't know which realtor to choose? Well, not all realtors are the same. I'm Crystal Copas, and I don't just stick a sign in the yard, throw it in the MLS, and hope to collect a commission. I provide a customized marketing plan that includes professional staging, photography, videography, and drone at no cost to you. Contact me, Crystal Copas, with REMAX Real Estate Service, and let's get your house sold. 919-356-5402 or visit me at crystalcopas.com. 
you know there is a place right here in downtown Sanford that utilizes fresh, organic, and sustainable foods from our area's vast farming community? It's Cooper's Restaurant and Wine Room, located at 133 South Steel Street in historic downtown Sanford. I'm Executive Chef Brian Moser. Come join us Tuesday through Saturday from 5 to 10 to experience an ever-evolving, locally-sourced menu featuring the area's best farmers, paired with the locally brewed beers and some of the world's best wine. Make your reservations now on the Open Table app and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Listen, as a hiring manager, I've got to tell you, the best job candidate isn't always the typical candidate. Sometimes they're a grad of life. Meet the grads of life, young adults of unique determination and experience, an ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. Sometimes the best candidates aren't the ones you're used to. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Debt. If you get in too deep, members of the NFCC, the National Foundation for Credit Counseling, can help you put debt in its place. Credit cards took charge of my financial life. A certified credit counselor helped me get back in control. Student loan debt followed me wherever I went. NFCC taught me all I needed to know. Connect with an NFCC certified credit counselor at your local member agency today. We'll help you put debt in its place. Go to nfcc.org slash stop debt or call 877-410-6322. Chief Seas, Chris Lambert, Brandon Atkins, talking about the Egg Bowl. I don't know why, other than the fact that it's a cool name for a a, a ball game. So annually, they they play this ball game in Mississippi. They've been doing this since 1901. So uh, what are we? 119 years in. Is this the 119th reset of the Egg Bowl? Um, not that anybody really cares. Old Miss leads the series 62, 45, and six. Um, For you children out there, we actually used to have ties in college football. But here's why I'm 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 at this. I'm going to let you go, but I'm going to tell you what their problem is with this name. Talk to me. Do you want me to go ahead and tell you now? Yeah, go ahead. They're leaving the most important part of it off. What? The golden part. Yeah, the golden egg is what they play for. It's the golden egg. Why don't you call it the golden egg bowl? Like, it makes a Mississippi are unpretentious, I guess. I don't know. I mean, or, or it's just they assume that you recognize the greatness that is Mississippi and know that it's a golden egg. The, when you brought it up, I was like, <laughs> hard-boiled or over-easy? I mean, what are we talking about here? And then I look it up, and it's like, the golden egg bowl. Please change it back to the golden egg. All right, I'm going to paraphrase here because, you know, for, for folks that really want to nerd out, back in the day, what is now Mississippi State used to be named Mississippi A&M. So if you go back, you'll find that the Bulldogs and Aggies are interchangeable. But here's a quote from 1926. I love this. This is 1926 now. And it was a different day and age in a lot of different ways. Um, So there's a lot of criticism to be had about what was going on in Mississippi and other places in 1926. But this is awesome. And here we go. I'm going to paraphrase. The, no, I'm, I'm going to read the direct quote, except that I'm going to interchange Bulldogs for Aggies So, because I, I don't want anybody to be messed up here. But this is a this is a, a, a 
television or excuse television. No, this is a newspaper account of what happened post game after the Egg Bowl in 1926. Irate Bulldog supporters took after the ambitious Ole Miss group with cane bottom chairs and fights broke out. The mayhem continued until most of the chairs were splintered. I want you to visualize that for a second. I'm doing it right now. They took their chairs and started beating the mess out of each other. So I think that your descript- or your perspective name for this game, the Mississippi slap fight, yeah. isn't strong enough. We should call this what? Well, I'm just saying back then it was strong enough, but nobody cares about this game, so it's like the slap fight now. <laughs> Sadly, in most years, for those folks that live in Mississippi, um, yeah, most people outside of Mississippi don't care about this game. You will not find anybody in Mississippi that does not care about this game you know at all, especially if they live north of Jackson, because for those of you who don't know Mississippi geography, Ole Miss and Mississippi State are both located in the northern half of the state. They're about an hour and a half from one another with Tupelo sort of equidistant right between the two of them. What's, what I've found, and this may be biased, so correct me, okay? Yeah, talk But, you know, you and I have traveled a lot. Yes. You know, you were in the military and just for me in the sales world. But if you drive through North Carolina, no matter what station you kind of pick up in North Carolina, North Carolina radio does a pretty good job of mi- mixing in national topics. <laughs> You drive through Miss, Mississippi, it's all Mississippi all the time. Same thing with Arkansas. Arkansas is really bad. It's like Arkansas could be, you know, 10th in their own conference, and they're like t- all the time talking about Arkansas maybe basketball or something like that. They're not even on the radar. They might be the the 200th best team in the country, and they're talking about them like nonstop. Am I biased on that? Or no, what? you're absolutely right. And if, if you turn over to politics, it's even worse. Because there is only one party in the state of Mississippi, <laughs> and that's the Republicans. Um, it, it's, a, it's an interesting little island in the middle of, uh, of our great country. Mississippi is an interesting place to, to visit. I would say you wouldn't want to live there. I did live there for a very, very long time and called Mississippi home. But it's a, it's a very interesting, nuanced place to be. Um, interesting and nuanced. I wonder if anybody's ever used those two words to describe uh, the state of Mississippi. But this is a matchup. And, and one real quick thing. You want to talk about this matchup? I don't really want to talk about well, it. That's I why I keep I, jumping it, in I here. Can't, I can't stay away from the light, man. Well, I don't know what's wrong with it. Why me. don't we name stuff anymore? I don't know. We, we should. That's my old thing. I but guess that's where I'm going. The people from the 20s are so much cooler than us. They're like, oh, my God, are we're, they? We're about to have a dust-up over here with a, the pig skin. We get, we're going to name it the the Mississippi Slap Fight. <laughs> Well, look at the Florida-Georgia game. And, and Florida-Georgia's always played during the course of the season. I told my wife, I, you know, I'll hit her with these little things. And she does a good job of pretending that she cares. But I actually got her attention the other day when Florida was playing Georgia. Because I was like, do you know what they call this game? And she was like, no. They call it the world's largest outdoor. Or, out, outdoor. The, God, dog! I told you I was in I was in trouble coming in here this morning. The world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Come on, man! That's amazing. That is nice. That's unbelievably cool. But no, in this day and age, no, we 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 don't have good names for things. And it's rivalry week, so I kind of wanted to take a look and see 
you know, what we call the rest of these these games. Oh, I guess I take that back. Because we have the Brick City Bowl, right? The Brick City Bowl here in Sanford, yes. So we do name some things, but we don't we just don't but, do it. Like, and, and, and and you know, I guess it'd be easy to say, well, we did that a long time ago. No, we didn't do it a whole lot of long time ago because suddenly so hadn't even been exist. around 15 years. So maybe we do have some cool names. But Brick City Bowl, that, no, see, now, now we're on to something. <laughs> we should rename. Yeah, we definitely have to rename it. Instead of the Brick City Bowl, henceforth, the football game annually where Lee County and Southern Lee play each other here in our fair county, we should call it the Lee County Slap mm-hmm. Fight. I'm down. You you for that? Yeah. So next season, next next season for you. Yes, with the, <laughs> the slap fight for Samfordia. Unfortunately, this year, <laughs> unfortunately, the slap fight this year just consisted of one big slap. Oh man, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't pretty. wasn't pretty. Sorry. And for those of you who are paying attention to local sports. Lee County got through the second round of the North Carolina 3AA playoffs. They won big. The final score was 33-12 as they dusted off Southern Alamance. Uh, they host a third-round game this weekend against Cleveland. Cleveland comes in at 12-1 and as a five-seed. Lee County, home throughout the playoffs, five games to win a state championship. They've got the first two under out of the way. Cleveland is really where the playoffs get started. And Coach Steve Perdue would probably slap me if I said that. <laughs> but everybody's been looking at the calendar, looking at the brackets, waiting on this game as we proceed through this bracket. Lee County, Cleveland this weekend, I can't wait. This is going to be a heck of a ball game. Um, if you weren't on hand this past weekend and you're in Lee County, shame on you. It was really a great atmosphere for college football. The weather was beautiful to start with. And you had Southern Alamance, which is not close to us. Nope. Um, traveled well. Very, very well. Did, did they have a rich history? Like, did Southern they Alamance? Yeah. I don't know. I just think in Alamance County, there's not a whole lot else to do but high school football. Um, but they came down in force, and they were a game opponent, but they were overmatched. Uh, not near big enough. We kind of knew watching these guys on film, watching them get off the bus just not enough girth on either side of the ball. They didn't pass the uh, hotel lobby test? No, didn't pass the bus test, the hotel lobby test, or the test on the field. And Lee County dominated. They were up three scores at halftime, came out, scored on the opening drive of the second half to go up four touchdowns, and um, then kind of cleared the bench in the fourth quarter. Southern Alamance got a couple garbage time touchdowns. Um, so yeah, so <laughs> we were like totally not wanting to talk about the Egg Bowl, but let me ask you a question. Lee County got it. What it takes to win it, this, the, win it all this year. Yeah, right? if they play up to their, if they play up to their potential, because you Lee County is a very complete football team. Um, this is a team that that over the course of the last ten or twelve years has really been a staple in the three eight three double A playoffs. Um, they have underachieved a couple of times, but I don't think that during this run through the Burton Cates era and now into the Steve Burdue era that. Lee County has had a complete team like this, and they have a senior quarterback there. Um, this is a team that can run the ball. They can throw the ball a little bit. That's that's probably the weakness of the team is throwing the ball down the field, but they haven't had to. They haven't been in any shootouts. They haven't really been pushed much. Um, but that defense, oh, dude. That defense, when it's playing downhill, 
in in times of the game that matter, that defense is really, really, really good. Yeah. And you know the the formula for for success, especially when the weather gets bad, play defense, run the football. Lee County can do that really well. They're kind well. of the Ohio State of. They're more like the Wisconsin. Yeah. Because Ohio State, you know, they like to spread it out, let Justin Fields do his thing. They're more like Wisconsin, where they're going to hand it off. And if you can't stop that that running game, they they might never throw the ball. So there you go. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from Central North Carolina. I think the rest of the games out there being played this weekend deserve some examination. We'll critique the name of the game as we go along. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats. Check us out on social media at Cheap Seat Radio. We are live outside the home of Joe and Rosie Goddard. Sylvestri, and I'm going to be 95 this year. I was very independent. I fell, and I had to have meals on wheels. America, let's do lunch. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. your home and don't know which realtor to choose? Well, not all realtors are the same. I'm Crystal Copas, and I don't just stick a sign in the yard, throw it in the MLS, and hope to collect a commission. I provide a customized marketing plan that includes professional staging, photography, videography, and drone at no cost to you. Contact me, Crystal Copas, with Remax Real Estate Service, and let's get your house sold. 919-356-5402 or visit me at crystalcopas.com. Did you know there is a place right here in downtown Sanford that utilizes fresh, organic, and sustainable foods from our area's vast farming community? It's Cooper's Restaurant and Wine Room, located at 133 South Steel Street in historic downtown Sanford. I'm Executive Chef Brian Moser. Come join us Tuesday through Saturday from 5 to 10 to experience an ever-evolving, locally-sourced menu featuring the area's best farmers paired with the locally brewed beers and some of the world's best wine. Make your reservations now on the Open Table app and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. All right, welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Kristen Lambert, Brandon Atkins. All right, so I've got a list here of the names of some of the of the biggest rivalry games in college football. And I need I need you to give me snap judgment. Okay. Ranking 1 to 10, 10 being the best of these names. And if you want to talk about any of them, please hit me with well, that. Well, why don't you do this? Set the parameters and you come up with just one example and you say I think this is maybe close to a 10. And then that way, let's so I know what to start. Oh, wanna, which one's close to a 10? I don't want to rank one so high and then have to walk it back. See, you know? I thought you were going to have to employ strategy so that you reserved that 10. But then, but I, then I also I don't want to go back and say, oh, well, if this gets this, I need to give okay, this. Okay, so here's the one that I think is a 10. And this will be your baseline to measure greatness with. But BYU and Utah, 
the two big schools in the state of Utah play. They've been doing this since 1896. And that na- that game is known as Holy War. <laughs> Drop the mic. Right? Holy War. Like, where do you go from Holy War? That, that's what I'm saying. And, you know, the thing is, is, is that, uh, you know, BYU obviously is a, a um, what is it, an LDS school. It's a Mormon school. But, yeah, Holy War. How cool is that? All right. I'm like, so I'm looking at, I want to do what you want to do, but I just, like, scrolled through one, and the first one that I saw might be the best one. Talk it, to me. It's uh, Eastern Washington and Portland State. It's called the Damn Cup. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a winner. I think that's a winner. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. I, I'm sure it's the, the Damn Cup. Not the damn cup. Uh, no, it should be the damn cup. <laughs> For sure. So, Stanford and Cal call theirs the big game. Nah. Ohio State and Michigan call theirs just the game. What is with the... the well, that's but, dude, Miami. you, you got to understand that the what, big what is game... The, what, why does Ohio State stuck on the... Like, is the, uh, you know, the Ohio State Buckeyes? Like, I mean, why are they stuck on that? I, it's like oh, I, we're not going to mix you up with any other Ohio State out there. You know what I mean? Um, I just tradition, man. I don't know. Right, it's a thing. I, I the, 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 the the part of it over the course of the last ten years or so, maybe fifteen, has become a thing where the emphasis has been put on that. And I'll tell you that. Okay, is so, it the or the? So, oh, it's the, the for sure. But here's the here. This will tell you all you need to know, and this is true story. For the last ten years, I was in the army. I worked for the army recruiting command, mm-hmm. and part of that was building enlistment packets with people's education history in there. Mm-hmm. And one of the jobs I had was running the uh, recruiting operation in the state of Kentucky. So we had a significant amount of people from Ohio that we would come in contact with. And when I first got there, I had to call the help desk to get assistance because I couldn't find a college in the alphabetized list that was in our database. And you go in there and you type the first couple letters and it would come up, you know, whatever you were looking for. And I went in there time and time again as I was trying to build this one particular kid's packet. And I couldn't find the school. And I'm like, what are we doing here? So I've got this kid, and he's trying to enlist. I'm trying to get him out of the office so I can move to other things. And I call the help desk, and I'm like, look, man, I cannot find Ohio State in the list. How could you possibly leave Ohio Ohio State out? And the guy at the other end laughs, and he says, type in the. Oh, my God. And it's hilarious. listed alphabetically in the Army's database as T-H-E, Ohio State University. True story. That is hilarious. You had to to be able to find it via query. You had to start with the, the only school, in the entire database of a thousand institutions that started with the. But yes, and, and there's the the big game. The big game is Sanford and Cal. Oh, okay, what's the, the game? Because it doesn't need a big oh, on top game. of it, and big is insufficient for what Ohio State Michigan means to people in that part of the country. Mm-hmm. And and I have been in a lot of different areas in the country, been around a lot of rivalries. I've seen North Carolina Duke basketball, which is up there in the pantheon of rivalries. 
Um, Alabama-Auburn is a big deal, except that Alabama-Auburn, Auburn is so regional. You, you're not going to run around. You're not going to you, – if, if you're an Auburn fan listening in Sanford, North Carolina right now, call the show right now. There aren't any. Yeah. Auburn fans, uh, relatively small school, you got to want to be Alabama fans everywhere. There, no, there's no more annoying fan base possibly out there than Alabama. The Dallas Cowboys may be right there with them. You know, if I wanted to find an Ohio State fan, it's fa- like um, drive five minutes from here down to Carolina Trace, and you'll find a gazillion of them. Well, I'm, I'm talking about states. I would like take a direct beeline. I wouldn't even head to Ohio. I'd date, take a beeline to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. They are all over the place down there. I have no idea. That's that's their go-to spot. Brother, if you go to Carolina Trace here in Lee County and go down there, there are a million Ohio transplants rocking Ohio gear right now. Okay, cool. And throughout this week, you're going to see more and more of it. If you're out shopping, doing whatever, Black Friday, the rest of that stuff, um, yeah, you'll see plenty of Ohio State gear. It's, it's bananas to me how often I run into somebody and I drop a OH. Because I see, I recognize. Why isn't it T O H? That's a oh, that's a that's, that's a, what it should be. Yeah, you should just you know what we should change that. It shouldn't even be O H. It should just be T H E. What, dude? That's the dopest thing ever. We're changing all these football traditions right now on the fly. All right, so uh, here's some runners up on this particular list. Rumble in the Rockies. It's Colorado versus Utah. That's not bad. Battle of the Bayou. Is that, does that register for you? Yeah, I does like it. Right. It's okay. That's Laf- uh, University of Louisiana Lafayette and the University of Louisiana, uh, Louisiana Monroe. Um, here's one that I like is the Kansas-Missouri matchup annually mm-hmm. is called Border War. Yeah. See, so far, the ones that say war at the end of it are kind of <coughs> are appealing to me. I don't know. What about uh, – what about Central Arkansas McNeese oh, State? What it was? What, what, Central Arkansas? Central, Wait, just, Central it, Arkansas McNeese State. You take talk to me. Yeah. The red beans and rice bowl. Nice. That's oh, that's sick. I love it. Now is is Central Arkansas? Is that Scotty Pippen's alma mater? Is that where he played? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. When he was playing in marching band and was discovered by the Bulls, or actually he got drafted by the Sonics. Well, you know, Scotty Pippen actually went to, and I think it was Central Arkansas. He went there. Um, his high school coach called in a favor with the staff there, and they they let him come out there as a manager. And then he grew like six inches. Yeah, he was in the marching yeah, band. Yeah, it's amazing. And then they and now he's a Hall of Famer, one of the one of the top. I know you, there's one that you, I did time. not know of, and you're going to know this right off the bat. Talk to me, Goose. But it's the Georgia Georgia Tech. Georgia Georgia Tech is called. Um, oh come on, I, I I I don't have it off the top of my head. It says here it's called Clean Old Fashioned Hate. Yes, Clean Old Fashioned Hate, which is a great one. <laughs> I love that. Yes, I knew it was a complicated one. Clean Old Fashioned Hate, Georgia, that's, Georgia Tech. That's Costin, number one right Costin, now. show me some fingers. I, I, need, to, I need to get pers- – oh, he has a 10. Clean Old Fashioned Hate. That sounds like some wrestling nonsense right there. I love it. What about – since I'm finding these pretty quickly – what about Marshall and Western Kentucky? Marshall, Western Kentucky. Is that like the clean coal? It's something to do with coal, isn't it? No, it's the moonshine throwdown. <laughs> That's an 11. <laughs> oh. All right. Now, here's some of the old school favorites that people have actually heard. Who was that? Was the, the moonshine? Was the moonshine throwdown? 
It was uh, it was Marshall in Western Kentucky. That's amazing. That's totally appropriate. Oh too. my god, dude! You ever been to Kentucky? <laughs> hey, do you want to go to the Moonshine Throwdown? Look, let me tell you about. Let me tell you about Heck Kentucky. Yeah, you can go out into Kentucky into four hundred and five hundred thousand dollar home suburbs where I mean because there's some money in parts of Kentucky and I want to make sure people are not having visions of you know clotheslines with with you know oversized drawers hanging off of them mm-hmm. but you can go out into the Lexington suburbs where there's real money out there and every fourth or fifth house will have a little RV sitting in the parking lot or in the uh, driveway mm-hmm. that RV never moves <laughs> That's their add-on. And if you go out there to somebody's house at some point after you've been there for two or three hours, they're going to be like, let me show you something. And you go outside, and that's where they keep their stills. Oh. No, no lie. Okay. No lie. Nobody. I don't even know how the moonshine economy works because nobody buys moonshine. They all just make their own. Yeah. And, you know, you go at Christmas time, there's no telling, especially if you're an outsider like I was there. I can't tell you how many people be like, "Hey man, I'm like, I got to swing by your office. I got something for you." Got they don't they don't say I have a present. They say I got a little something. I got a little something. Yeah, <laughs> I got a little something. And yeah, you're gonna get you a couple of mason jars. And let me and, tell you something real up. quick. If they cut it with something, if they cut it like with a peach or oh yeah yeah apple pie, you sit down at a table Apples. and you think like, oh this is delicious, but this ain't. And then and you, then you, you can't you, get you up. about to say this ain't doing. And then, <laughs> And you like look. I can't like, feel my face. You're only a tenth. You're only a tenth way down the, the mason jar, and you are feeling it. My sinuses are clean. I think every germ in my body's dead, but I can't feel my face. Oh my god! That's yes, that's how that works. Like, got a little something for you. Yeah. All right. So Oregon, Oregon State. One of the old school ones is good. Is Civil War, which should appeal to you because you love war. Um. <laughs> And and now I I had forgotten as I got excited about this little segment here, Oklahoma Oklahoma State still has a, a a first class name Bedlam, and when you're just one word, you're pretty dope, man. Oh Bedlam Bedlam that's pretty nice. Just Bedlam. Now given the the whole ad campaign that's come out, I'm waiting on one of these series to to drop the moniker Mayhem. And I think that would be okay, but Bedlam? Come on, dude. That's old school. So and in I'm what funny, other context would you ever use the word Bedlam? Vodka. <laughs> that's a, they're out of Durham, right? I'll tell you, what I'm finding is the smaller the schools match up, the better the name. So I mean, give, me, give me one. Okay, so Jackson State versus Southern, the Boombox Classic. I have heard that. That's I have heard that the boombox classic. That one's not can't be older than what the eighties, the night. I the mean, boomboxes weren't around until you know the seventies, so you can't go any farther than that. But I don't know. The Red River Shootout is still called on here on this page I'm looking at. Right so now. as as is my oh, I think anybody that's a real college football fan is like Red Rival Red River Rivalry. What do you t- no? That's the Red River Shootout. I do have to the number one. I don't know, man. I've seen some really good. Dude, clean old fashioned hate has got to be my favorite so far. Yeah, it's Georgia, Georgia Tech. Much respect. The damn cup is pretty hot. But uh, I don't know. The world's largest cocktail party might have to be number one though. But however, 
that's not played on rivalry week, so that takes away from it a little bit. Oh, uh, yeah. Because they play that one midseason. Um, so I, that's the only thing I qualify that with. But the Iron Bowl being there in the top ten on most people's lists, I'm not down with that, dude. You, Iron Bowl doesn't stack up with Bedlam or Holy War or clean old-fashioned hate. Um, I'm just not digging it. Now, you want to talk about one that's pretentious? Anything with hate. Any name uh, with hate in it is good. Like middle, <laughs> middle Tennessee and Western Kentucky is a hundred miles of hate. A hundred miles of hate. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. That's Tennessee and Western Kentucky. The Hilltoppers and the Volunteers. Middle Tennessee, Western Kentucky. Middle Tennessee and Western Kentucky. Interesting. 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 So Western Kentucky. Check this Hilltoppers. out. I like that. So this website that I'm going on, they have this one as the number one. Talk and, to me, and, and it, at first glance, it's not good, but it, it actually has more of a description to it. All right. Hit so me. it's Montana, Montana State, and it's called the Brawl of the Wild. So not, not too crazy, but it goes on to describe that they can call it Cat Grizz or Grizz Cat, the battle the battle for the Great Divide trophy and so forth, and so forth, all they want. So that's the description. So it's got, got a a paragraph with it. So I, I'm I'm dying here. You say, huh? I'm gonna have to ponder that through the break. I'm really I'm a, I'm at a loss for words, but I'm gonna go definitely beyond any shadow of a doubt. With good old-fashioned, <laughs> clean old-fashioned hate. Georgia versus Georgia Tech. Any chance Georgia Tech's got the upset there? I don't think so. All right, we'll see you on the other side of the break. You listen to From the Cheap Seats. We'll talk more Heisman on the other side of the break. WFJA 105.5, Sanford, Pinehurst, Southern Pines. Hello, it's me, the designer jeans in the back of your closet. What happened to us? I used to summer in the Hamptons, and now I'm stuck behind a pair of sweats. Okay, maybe I never really fit you right, but I got a lot more Sunday fun days left in me. So take me to Goodwill, where I can really make a difference. Your donations to Goodwill create jobs, training programs, and education assistance for people in your community. To find your nearest donation center, go to goodwill.org. Donate stuff. Create jobs. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. I couldn't speak or walk. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhpp.org. I had to tell everything's changed. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. So why do teenagers play high school sports? My reason why is a sense of purpose. My reason why is to inspire others. One reason student athletes seldom mention is to get an athletic scholarship. They know that only 2% of all high school athletes are awarded a sports scholarship. So why do they play? My reason why is friendship. Tell us your reason using the hashtag MyReasonWhy. This message presented by the NFHS and the North Carolina High School Athletic Association. 
Have you mixed your pain meds, your sleep meds, your allergy meds? Call the Poison Helpline. Has your child eaten a tube of toothpaste, a chip of paint, a wild mushroom? Call the Poison Helpline. Have you been bitten by a spider, a snake, an insect? Call the Poison Helpline. Poisonings can happen at the home, on the job, or in the great outdoors. Call the Poison Helpline first for fast, free advice from medical professionals. Call 1-800-222-1222 anytime, anywhere. 1-800-222-1222. Save the number, save a life. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. From the cheap seats, Chris Lambert, Brandon Atkins. We're through the first hour. A little behind schedule, man. But uh, I think we'll we'll be all right. Come on, on Duke, Carolina. It, theirs is called the Duke Carolina Duke Rivalry. Dude, come on, man. come on. Man. So that that's, that's my new mission in life, man. We've got to come up with a name for that, and we've set the bar high. I got a text during the uh, during the last segment, and somebody dropped backyard brawl with which is Pittsburgh, West Virginia, which was a which is a good one, um, but it doesn't stack up with clean old fashioned hate. Or Holy War, or even Brawl of the Wild. Um, the Cincinnati-Louisville uh, game is the Keg and Nails. Battle. Battle of the Keg. The Keg and well, there's a lot of them that are battle because a lot of these teams are playing for these trophies that have gone back and forth. Um, you've and got the Paul don't call me. I know, I know they get the bell, the Carolina Duke rivalry, but still they don't call it the – That's not they, even a name. I mean, that's just what it is. Yeah. The Carolina Duke football game. Somebody was sleeping on that one. For real. So, given if we could jack one of these titles for the Duke Carolina game, or the, what what, what would we call it? Um, If I. Tobacco Road. Oh. Tobacco Road, Brick City. So, if we call it. Don't you feel like that's kind of, we kind of come up, we need to come up with something a little more um, original. So, we could call it. The lung cancer clash. We could call it. We could call it fifteen miles of hate. <laughs> <laughs> the emphysema bowl. The heel devil war. That I don't. I'm not feeling it. That's we're we're on the right track though. I think we've determined that it has to include either war or hate. And if we can incorporate both hate and war into the same thing. Man, we'd be we'd be cooking with grease. Hate war. The hate. <laughs> the hate war. All right, I think we've run this into the ground, man. I'm having fun with this though, dude. I'm looking looking through some of these names. Um, oh, here's here. You went to a lame. Okay. <laughs> Clemson versus NC State. Do you know what that's called? No. The textile. Oh, bowl. I knew that. I knew that. The textile. The the textile bowl. Dude, come on, man. That just that just proves. I think we've proved beyond any shadow of a doubt. North Carolina, not a football state. Not not according to the uh, rivalry not a football names. state, man. I, I I just can't get down with it. The Battle of the Brazos, that's almost got war in it. But battle is so played. I just I can't dig it, man. We're gonna have to work well, on. If you guys out there listening to us, come up with a, a good rivalry name for Duke Carolina. A skirmish. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know, man. Hey, you, when you say these things that other people can't hear because Costin's saying, people assign them to you. Yeah, so I know. You got to be careful yeah, before man, you just come on, Costin. You got me. I'm just, I'm just parroting what you've got going to my ear. <laughs> oh. Now people, 
People Jeez. are giving you credit for skirmish when it's actually Costin's. Yeah. I, and I don't know that I feel good about that. I don't know. Well, let's it's come up with a name. Not, not on the show, but let's come up with a name for this the, the Duke-UNC or State-UNC game, whatever you want to call it. Well, which one? I mean, Okay, so which one? The do, mediocre bowl. So which one is it that we should come up with a name for? I think it's got to be the NC State-UNC because that's played on the last week of the season. Right. I mean, anything you play before that, unless you come up with something as cool as the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, and then that's taken, it doesn't count. So I think you're going to – and, well, the Red River Shootout is also played in the middle of the season. Uh, yeah, but I'm going with the I'm going with UNC-NC State. When you think football – It depends the, on the where – The UNC-Duke game, uh, nobody's paying attention to that, man. By that time, both do. teams have been eliminated from contention, and nobody's paying attention. Carolina fans do. People are re- able to refocus I, that last I week think, no matter where you're at. I think I've come up with a name, but it depends on where they're playing the game, whether it be Keenan or Carter Finley. So if it's Carter Finley, it's the world's largest tailgate battle or something. That was kind of lame. And then if it's Keenan, it's the world's worst tailgate <laughs> experience. <laughs> oh God! So it changes. That's, that's amazing. I, I can dig that. Yeah, we're gonna have to work on that, man. We need to. We need to uh, put our heads together and get some input. Because who, who doesn't want a moniker? Who doesn't want to tailgate in a parking deck? Yeah, for you real. Oh, jeez. Uh, so we, we started talking about the Heisman as we came in today. And you put out there that Chase Young would get your vote. He'd get my vote as well, but he's not going to get the votes of the voters. Well, can I say one encouraging thing? Yeah. He's not. But the one encouraging thing is that the people who are the commentators, in years past when there's been a defensive player that would be worthy. They're not even getting mentioned most times. I, see, I disagree with you. I think that all of the commentators over the last 15 years or so, if they want to sound smart, they throw that out there. Ed Oliver was a guy a couple years ago. Charles Woodson, of course, won it. Won it. And Indomitian Sue, when he you know did his thing at, at Nebraska, I think people throw that out there, but it just they just want to sound smart because it's they know often, it's not going to happen. It's, it's not. And Chase Young... Um, is the type of guy I can remember when Orlando Pace was at Ohio State, where the Ohio State press department actually put together a Heisman pitch for an offensive tackle, and and that was kind of weird. How do you get hair like that though? Like who? Chase Youngs. I don't. Know. My wife keeps asking me if she wants me to do dreads. I don't know but, that I mean, it would work out bleach, for me. But his, they're like are they bleached? Yeah, dreads? absolutely. Those things look awesome. Uh, Phillips got you haven't seen Philip uh-huh. lately, have you? Yeah, Phillips got dreads, and he does he does a couple of them with. I don't even know what they put in there. I, well, actually, I do. They put blonde dye in it. And, yeah, he's got a couple of little orange dreads amongst oh, nice. his, his other brown dreads. It's wild. But, uh, yeah, Chase Young does have great hair. Um, got a great physique. The guy just is he's shredded. What a football player. But here's my thing is that coming into the season, you know, Trevor Lawrence and, and Tua, were they were going to vie for the Heisman Trophy, right? It was going to be one of those two guys. I think Trevor Lawrence – has thrown way too many picks when you look at him relative to everybody else. And he's got too much talent around him. I think Trevor Lawrence, that ship has sort of sailed. Maybe we see him reset and make a push next year, but I don't think Trevor Lawrence is on anybody's radar. Tua obviously out. He's out of the race, out of everything. I'm wondering if Tua is ever going to get to play football again. I'm seeing now people are back on the train. Oh, well, he'll be taken in the first half of the first round. I think when it's all said and done, he's not. They're but talking we'll like see. 18, pick 18 around that. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, however, then when you look down, Jalen Hurts would have been a great story to win the Heisman. 
but I don't think Oklahoma's done enough. When you look at the numbers, he's put up video game numbers. But in the first game, in the second half of the season that really mattered, he brought his team back and made that great comeback against Baylor. But I think people were savvy enough to realize that the reason they made that comeback is because Jalen Hurts played like trash in the first half of that game. And I don't know that a comeback, even if it's a 25-point comeback in the second half against Baylor, moves the needle. That K-State game has really, really, really worked against Oklahoma and punished them. And I think Jalen Hurts has felt the, the, the wrath of that. Then you have Justin Fields at Ohio State. Justin Fields putting up a great year as a first-year starter. You know, essentially a freshman. He's a sophomore, but he, he didn't play much at all down there that first year in Georgia. But, but don't you think with, a lot of people watched him the first, for the first time this year, like your casual fans and oh, saw him sure. dropping the ball over the field? You know what I mean? And that was what I was just about to get to is that, you know, he made a couple of fumbles – you know, interspersed with some some great plays, but it wasn't a, a, a huge performance. The the other part of that is that it wasn't a barn burner that came down where he had to do something in the fourth quarter or any of the rest of that. Now, he may come out against Michigan and light him up for six touchdowns and get some run, but the part of the problem is is a significant percentage of the Heisman voters have already voted, mm. which is dumb. I mean, it's really, really dumb that they've done this, especially in this day and age of technology, we don't need you to send your hard copy ballot in at some point over a six-week window. That's stupid. I would just assume we pushed the Heisman Trophy um, presentate or voting back past the national championship where we could really get a gauge, but then you get into a, a situation where you're just going to have one of the guys from the national championship team is going to win that in addition to all the other accolades. But my thing with Justin Fields is that Justin Fields is sort of in Tua territory from last year, where Tua put up all these amazing numbers in the first half and didn't play much in the second half. And that's the Justin Fields problem is that when you look at the numbers, they're amazing, but they're not nearly what they might be if Ohio State actually played this kid at the end of games and if Ohio State didn't take their foot off the accelerator early on in the third quarter because they've been blowing people out. But so, even, even like a healthy um, Tua mm-hmm. didn't pass my smell test. Me neither. And I, I can't exactly tell why. You know what I mean? Like, it, it just seems like I, I have a feeling he's not going to be able to match the speed of the NFL game just with what I see on the field. I, I, I agree with you 100%. With Tua, he does one thing very well. He throws the ball to wide-open receivers. And when you've got that kind of talent and that kind of physical mismatch all over the field, plus you've got a potent running game and a great offensive line, I'm not really that impressed. Now, moving forward, we'll see. There really only are a couple routes that Tua has thrown, the biggest one being the slant. He throws the slant as well as anybody you ever want to see, but you've got to be able to do other things at the NFL level. His ability to throw the out and do some other things are, are really, I question, and now you've got the health involved with it. But Tua, obviously out of the Heisman conversation for this year. So you got Jalen Hurts, who I think took too big of a knock and had to get Oklahoma. You, you can't drop a game against the team you're supposed to beat. Um, plus, there's a little bit of a malaise. People are tired of the whole Oklahoma thing. We've gone Baker Mayfield, now Kyler Murray, to well, get into a third straight Oklahoma quarterback. And it's going to take some doing. Hurts is boring. 
Well, he he is he's not boring on the field. He's boring personality. But yeah, personality wise, he's not. Yeah, he's a whole lot more Kyler Murray than he is Baker Mayfield. So he's not doing himself any favors there. But I think the idea of giving it to three straight Oklahoma quarterbacks, Hurts was really as cool a story as that is with him being at Alabama, you know, hitting the bench and then all the rest of that coming back and winning another one. Um, I just don't see that happening. The guy that's going to win this thing is Joe Burrow. And and that should probably be a great story, but I can't get excited about it. This feels like Gino Toretta or Ken Dorsey or one, it's a guy like that where you've got all this talent and all you're doing is not screwing it up. Right. And and I'm not trying to take anything away from Joe Burrow, but you know the Heisman, really? Joe I mean, Burrow if, just doesn't roll off the lips. It, and and no. the same with like. Uh, Heisman. No, Joe Heisman. Burrow. Joe Burrow sounds like the guy I should be calling when I have a clogged toilet. Joe Burrow, thanks for cleaning out my gutters. Yeah, Joe Burrow. Hey, hey, um, we got to add this light fixture in the dining room. Hey, we'll call Joe Burrow. He'll hook it up. You know what I mean? You know, Joe Burrow. He's backed up. He's been busy since the storm blew through. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll offend Joe Burrow. <laughs> And try to come up with other things Joe Burrow can do around the house on the other side of the break. You're listening from the Cheap Seats in Central North Carolina. Check us out on social media at Cheap Seat Radio. We love you guys. right here in downtown Sanford that utilizes fresh, organic, and sustainable foods from our area's vast farming community is Cooper's Restaurant and Wine Room, located at 133 South Steel Street in historic downtown Sanford. I'm Executive Chef Brian Moser. Come join us Tuesday through Saturday from 5 to 10 to experience an ever-evolving, locally-sourced menu featuring the area's best farmers paired with the locally-brewed beers and some of the world's best wine. Make your reservations now on the Open Table app and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Joel Klein catches a 7 o'clock train after his evening CPR class at the American Red Cross. Ron Garrett is on the same train. He's had a rough day and doesn't feel like himself. Until he feels the sudden tightness in his chest, Ron never thought he'd actually have a heart attack. Until Joel is administering CPR, he never thought he'd actually save a life. When you train with the Red Cross, you change a life. Starting with your own. Call 1-800-RED-CROSS or visit redcross.org to learn about life-changing opportunities in your area. Tweens have mastered the art of tuning out. Jen, there's a spider in the car. We're turning your room into a home gym. See? Nothing. But some messages need to get through. Like making sure they're buckled up. The whole ride, every time. Do whatever it takes to make your child listen. Jen, I friended your boyfriend. Wait, what? Buckle up, sweetie. Never give up until they buckle up. Learn more at safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup. 
A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. All right, welcome back from the Chiefs. He's Crystal Lambert, Brandon Atkins. We've got right. a little over half an hour to go. Uh, we'll call this two segments. So, you know, in this year's Heisman race, Jonathan Taylor was was sort of the token running back thrown into the mix. They do it as a cursory thing. You know, you got to have one in there. Um, Wisconsin is underwhelmed this year. You know, as a two-loss team, Jonathan Taylor hadn't blown the lid off anything, although he does just keep breaking records because he's been there at Wisconsin. I think this is his 17th season. NFL teams out there, do not draft him. Well, I don't know, man. Wisconsin makes all their running backs look good. They've only had a couple that came out and actually spent some time in the league and were effective. Yeah, but you're still stuck on, like, the Ron Danes of the world, man. When, When you look at, you know, Melvin Gordon is a good back. You know, I, I but yeah, be, buyer beware. The thing, the problem I have with Wisconsin backs coming in the league, it, and and Melvin Gordon is a prime example. Gordon went spent a lot of time as sort of a, a part of a running back duo and this that the other. But some of these Wisconsin backs, when they come out there, they've got a gazillion carries already, and playing in the Big Ten against grown men, um, it's a lot of beatdown that they take. You know, more often you get these guys that are flashing a plan, have one have one great year, and come on into the league. But uh, the tread, there's only so much tread on the tires. You know what I mean? And Wisconsin will wear that out. Sort of like college pitchers, man. You know, they're going to use you and use you and use you and use you some more. And if it blows up your elbow, you know, oh, well, sorry. You know, you, you had a great run for us. But Jonathan Taylor's out of the mix. I, I just wanted to at least, you know, drive by as we were talking about possible Heisman candidates. But, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you, the Heisman race is over. And given how the voting goes, when the voting is done, I think Joe Burrow is going to win this thing, and I don't think it's going to be close. Now, the next question as it applies to Do you have any pe- pest control issues at your house? <laughs> no, but if I do, I'll call Joe Burrow. He will hook it up. i see if <laughs> Joe Burrow is interested in advertising with the show. Joe, Joe Burrow pest control is second to none. Um, my my question is, with this current crop of quarterback, regardless of class, if you were an NFL general manager, which one of these guys that's playing in college football now? You got Justin Herbert, who are eligible this year? No, 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 anybody, any of the guys. Let's say that they you they relax the rules this year, and you can take any quarterback. Is Trevor Lawrence still the guy? Trevor Lawrence is the guy. Okay, because he's like. You just no. you're in love with his hair. You have just tra- Trevor Lawrence. I was a little hair envy in the uh, national championship. I think every everybody was a little enamored with Trevor Lawrence last year. You know, I mean, they've just been they've had such a bad schedule. I haven't tuned in. Like, why do I want to watch? No, oh, dude. Some you know that's worked against them badly. Is I, oh god, they I, needed I, Notre know, that, Dame or somebody on that schedule so bad. Notre Dame, come to the ACC. Quit playing around. You're you you got your toe in the water. Just come on. This is not working for you. Well, the fans Notre won't Dame. put up with no national championships for very long. You know what I mean? We're like, at it. Notre Dame or yeah. Clemson? At Notre Dame. What well, Notre Dame's not go- Notre Dame. You're not going to get to play for a national championship. You got laced and put in there and and got blown out. You're going to have to play in the ACC. We're not going to forget that. You've got five conferences vying for four bids. 
you know, everything aligned magically and you got laced with something you didn't deserve last year, it's not going to happen again. If you want to play for a national championship, join the ACC or do what you should have done 50 years ago and join the Big Ten, except that you don't want to have to deal with Michigan and Ohio State year in and year out. But Notre Dame and Notre Dame fans, listen very carefully, you have to join a conference, period. And if I was on the selection committee or on the NCAA board of trustees or whatever the case might be, that would be my message. You want to keep your NBC uh, TV deal? Cool. Cool. But you're as long as you're not playing in a conference, you're not under consideration. That would be my message. I think that's most sports fans' um, feeling across the country, and I think they're right. I, I think you would have to, if you were Notre Dame, have the perfect season, zero losses, and have beaten – at least two of the top five teams in the country to be able to sneak in. To the, to but the they snuck team. in last year. I'm just saying. But Trevor Lawrence is my guy. I, I mean, I just like him is, you know, not saying there is anything wrong with these, uh, these other guys, but Trevor Lawrence has a mixture of he's used to throwing to, like, NFL-level wide receiver talent. Like, he's All throwing right. a bunch of five, six five guys. And he's throwing them. He's not throwing to necessarily wide open guys all the time. But he, he, you know, if Dabo needs him to manage a game, he can switch it up and manage the game. He seems very coachable. But also, he looks he play he looks the part of an NFL starting quarterback. Maybe a, a more traditional one. Maybe like uh, in the pocket. You are right. Dabo's going to get him killed if he keeps trying to run out of the pocket. Yes. But um. I don't know. Maybe um, it's still stuck in my head his performance last year. I haven't watched him a lot again this year because the games have been so boring. By the time I turn the channel on, they're three touchdowns up or something, you know, on a, on a bad team. So, Trevor Lawrence, if you look back at the, the last couple of drafts, you look at the quarterbacks that have been taken near the top of the draft, and they've all been flawed in some form or fashion. And I'm doing this without notes, but if you look back at the last couple of years, let, let, let's look no further than Baker Mayfield. And, well, is he tall enough? You know, does he make good enough decisions? Well, Trevor Lawrence is 6'5", 220. And, and a lot of times these guys get overmeasured as they come through the pipeline. Trevor Lawrence, the fact they list him as 6'5", is a little surprising because I wouldn't be surprised if he was 6'6". That's a big dude. He is. I mean, he's a big, long, tall athlete. Now, is he athletic at the same level as Kyler Murray or Deshaun Watson? No. no. But don't sleep on this kid's athleticism. He is athletic. He can definitely move out of the pocket. He can keep plays alive. Huge arm. There's, no, there's not a throw he can't make. So all of the things that we looked at with Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield, the last two number one overall picks, Trevor Mayfield – or Trevor Mayfield. Trevor Lawrence is superior – in all of those areas, there are there are not those questions. Well, is he a winner? Is he a winner? Are you kidding me? You know, he's got a national championship under his belt. Now he's in the midst of another perfect season. Yes, the kid's a winner. He obviously is a leader. You want a face of the franchise? Oh, my God. I mean, he won the you know, textile. This kid is the, he won like the, the textile bowl. <laughs> he did win the textile bowl. But this kid is like the, the you know, the Clairol hair product, you know, model waiting to happen. Um have you seen the pictures of him and the, his doppelganger? This girl that looks just like him, uh-uh, who's uh-uh. getting famous. It's kind of it's kind of uncanny. Um, anyway, we'll we'll get to that in a minute. But when you look at all the the blowback against Mayfield and Murray as the number one overall pick, Trevor Lawrence passes that test no problem. He's got the measurables. 
There are no questions when it comes to this kid. He's got a certain... He almost looks like one of the elves from Lord of the Rings. Yes. Like so, I mean, he he almost seems like he's got mag- magical powers. On Can top you of see that picture else. there? Oh yeah. I see yeah. That. Right. That's kind of uncanny. I'm gonna let that sink in. No, for but a minute. seriously, like he's got magical elven powers, right? Yeah, he he does. He. I mean, this kid is living the life. That I mean, good God, and he seems like a good kid. You know, he's coming out of a Clemson program. You know, Clemson players, when you look across the board, they those guys haven't gotten to the league and had issues with, with regard to coachability or off-the-field issues or any of that. Dabo Sweeney, for however you feel about him, dude, he's running a clean program in terms of the men that he's producing. Trevor Lawrence I think a lot of stuff is, is, is the cre- guy. I think a lot of stuff is created by fans and media about Dab- Dabo Sweeney. Us. Dabo Sweeney. <laughs> Dabo Sweeney, how dare you, a non-SEC, non-Big Ten coach, dominate college football for the last three years? How dare you? Who do you think you are? So I think a lot of these things are made up about Dabo. Because as, as soon as Saban hits the door, Alabama's going to be calling him. Well, oh, you know, up to, a, up to a couple years. In fact, when we started this show three years ago, I made the statement on a couple of occasions Dabo Sweeney is the next head coach at Alabama. Things have changed since then. And I think what he has done in Clems- at Clemson, I think, transcends anything else. And I think Dabo Sweeney is there for the next 25 years. I agree years. with you 100%. Um, there is no reason to go to Alabama at this point because he's created a culture. He, well, he's created the new Alabama. He has. And, and you know, the way he's able to hold on to assistant coaches, unlike what most folks can do, is uncanny, but I think Clemson is something. Now, I said all that about Trevor Lawrence and said, this is the guy, but I'm not sure that if I was at number one this year and everybody was available, that I wouldn't take Justin Fields. Justin Fields has got that it factor, sort of like Deshaun Watson, where he can put it on his shoulders I'm I'm not sure, and I'm not I'm not disparaging Trevor Lawrence in any form or fashion, and I'm not even saying that I would take Justin Fields, but I'd give pause for just a second and have to consider Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence. Now, the bigger question in the short term is, what does that mean for this year's crop of NFL quarterbacks? Because the two guys that we're talking about, and is there anybody else that deserves to be in the conversation besides those two quarterbacks? Yeah. Because who's not in that conversation is Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow at the next level does not have the arm talent to be a superstar quarterback in the NFL. No. Period. Now, can he come in and 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 win you some ball games? Most definitely. You know, he's got a little bit of athleticism. He's accurate. He's heady. But you got to remember, this is a fifth year guy. You're talking about a grown man playing in a you know at a position where most of these kids are coming straight out of high school. They're starters. Joe Burrow with the red shirt, the transfer, all that stuff. He's a couple years advanced on those guys. Not a bad quarterback, but not a star quarterback at the next level from what I see. And and I know that some of the analysts are saying differently. We'll see. But if you give me the chance to take Lawrence, Fields, Burrow, Burrow's not even in consideration. I hear you, bro. So, where does Joe Burrow go in this year's draft? Somebody's going to overdraft him. God, I hope it's not the Panthers. God, I hope it's not the Cincinnati Bengals who kept their 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 chances at the number one overall pick intact this weekend. 
I want to I want to give you some context. They played the Pittsburgh Steelers this weekend. Pittsburgh was missing their starting quarterback. Obviously, Ben Roethlisberger's out. They were missing their top two tailbacks. Benny Snell got the start at tailback for Pittsburgh this week. Benny Smith, Snell, doesn't he work with Burrow? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bur- yes. Burrow and Snells. Yeah, he used to have his own thing. But, yeah, the business sense wasn't there, man. But I'm going to tell you, when he puts his hands on your plumbing, nobody better than Benny Snell. Benny Snell is money. So, Benny Snell gets the start at tailback. J- Juju Smith-Schuster, out. So, all of their skill position players are missing. Pittsburgh comes into Cincinnati. Cincinnati's got to be looking at the schedule saying, we're running out of games, we can win here. They roll out there, at, and they are up at halftime. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals had the lead at halftime. They come out in the second half, and what does Mike Tomlin do? He benches Mason Rudolph and puts in Devlin Hodges. De- Devlin Hodges. Devlin Hodges, Brandon. Mm-hmm. Am I the only one in America that heard the name Devlin Hodges, and then when I saw Devlin Hodges was like, that not, like not, not what I thought I was going to get. Devlin Hodges comes in there, connects on one big pass, and beats the Cincinnati Bengals at home 13-10. to 10. L- Ladies and gentlemen that are of Wolfpack Nation in our listening audience, I wanted Ryan Finley to succeed so badly. So badly. Just so that the Bengals could move on from the Andy Dalton era. Ryan Finley cannot be a starting quarterback in the <laughs> NFL. Sorry. I I watched one of the most putrid quarterback performances I have ever seen in any context in the NFL. No, it ain't gonna happen. You know, I thought <laughs> I thought with all the stuff going on with Mason Rudolph that you know, give it a maybe to the off season since we're getting towards the end of the year or a couple of games and quietly bench Mason Rudolph. Nah, they didn't wait. They benched him the very next game that he played. I have a feeling that he's he's up going to be on the bench for the rest of the year. I don't nah. know if we've heard anything like this. Well, here here's the thing is is to give context to what you're talking about is that Miles Garrett, who was involved in the altercation where he tried to kill Mason Rudolph. Now has come back and said, well, Mason Rudolph dropped a racial slur. Um, let, let me tell you, no, he did not. That, that didn't happen. And had it happened, you probably should have said that a week and a half ago. You can't come a week and a half after, after the suspensions come out, and you've been so uber cool during your interviews like, what, me, worry? Nah, I'm good. No, nah, you know, I just got carried away. Now, you pull up. after the hammers come down, you're like, oh, yeah, he dropped a, a racial epithet on me. No, he did Well, not. you know, the thing about it is. It didn't is- happen. Even if he did, that's something he should have said right away. Of course. Right away. Had like, he, look, look, I'm not playing that. You know what I mean? Brandon, like, had out- he, he would have engaged the referees right there on the field. Then you fast forward to the interview in the locker room. It would have been dropped there. You, you don't hold on to that for a week and a half. That's some PR guy in his ear. How do we kind of repair your reputation? And I know. they go that route? Come on, dude. They flip through the book of excuses. Oh, Let's use let's use the Mactar Enjai yeah strategy. <laughs> you know, there's there's two things that get dropped in those situations. He spit on me. How many times have we heard? Oh, he spit on me. But we got video. There was no spit. What are you talking about? You spit or the racial bo- the race bomb. Neither one of those happened, dude. You got excited. You tried to kill him with your helmet. Got it. Own that. Plus, be that guy. If he said something like that. <laughs> 
Pouncey is probably not kicking Garrett in the face. Well, the I mean, other piece of that is if he said that, you're not going to swing the helmet at him once. I'm going to try to do work on you with that helmet. You know what I mean? God, come on, man. Yeah, I mean, again, I just go back to the point. If it, if it happened, he should have said something immediately. And, like, the whole the whole view of that whole that whole thing, that happening, would have changed in, in everybody's mind. But I think, I don't know. I, I, I looked at it and said, uh-oh, they're wanting to put Mason Rudolph on the bench and stop having to talk about this stuff and move on. Well, no. What happened was, is he was horrible and... Um, wasn't getting it done, and there was no choice. Between he and Finley, they couldn't hit anybody. I mean, these guys were skipping balls. They were throwing things around. Um, some of the decisions that were made along the throughout that game by Mason Rudolph were inexplicable. Okay. So he, he earned his way to the bench, but I do need to say this. It's as bad as Mason Rudolph played and got himself onto the bench, Ryan Finley was ten times worse. Literally. And you're going to see a highlight play where in back-to-back plays, Ryan Finley threw a ball for about 50 yards and completed it to Tyler Boyd down the middle and then threw a touchdown on the next play. The problem with that is, is if you take that in a vacuum and don't pay attention to what's going on, both of those were horribly thrown balls that should have been picked. Tyler Boyd on the play down the middle stopped in the middle of the field jumped up and held the defender off with one hand and caught the ball with his left hand against his shoulder pad. It was an amazing rebound. It was a rebound off a missed shot. Yeah. And then the next play, he throws a fade into the end zone that's underthrown, and Tyler Boyd goes up and makes a great play. That was the extent of everything good Ryan Finley did throughout the entire game. And Cincinnati blows the game at home. Did they blow it, though? Exactly. Because the whole time I'm sitting there watching this, and I've, I've had my fill of Andy Dalton the whole time. And the crowd is like, come on. Andy Dalton, the only le- legitimate NFL quarterback in the building that has pads on, is over warming up, throwing the ball. Dude, put Dalton in for two series and you'll win this game. But now nah. They're like, we're going to ride this out with Finley. And at one point during the, the broadcast, James Lofton, who was doing color, makes the statement, I understand that you're evaluating a quarterback, but how many games do you need to see this guy play before you know we need to take a quarterback in the first round? Hey, you know what? I hate this for Ryan Finley. He seems like a good guy. Not an NFL Fun fact, I have a signed James Lofton uh, football card. Shut up! Yeah. So do I. Um, That's cool. From one NC State quarterback to another, have we seen the end of Phillip Rivers? Rumors are is that he is shutting it down after this season and coaching high school football back in Alabama. There, the other rumor, however, is for whatever reason, he would be interested in playing, not for the Chargers, that the one team he would be interested in coming back for next year is the Tennessee Titans. Tighten up! And and here's and I'm going to throw this out there before we go into the break. I'm going to tease this, and I don't mean this in a joking manner. People are asking, well, why would he go to Tennessee? I really think it's because Tennessee is in the middle of the Bible Belt. Hmm. And Ryan and 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 Philip Rivers is that guy in terms of his faith. It's interesting. We'll see. We'll talk about it on the other side of the break. Philip Rivers, possible high school coach at a school near you next year. 
We'll see how it shakes out. You listen to From the Cheap Seats. 15 minutes to go. Can't wait. When young men turn 18, they think they know a lot about the facts of life. But there are a few more facts they need to know. Fact, you have to register with Selective Service when you turn 18. It's the law. Fact, registration keeps you eligible for government jobs and student loans. Fact, it's easy to register. Just visit sss.gov or any post office. Register with Selective Service when you turn 18. It's the law. And that's a fact. We all come together and stand together to serve our veterans. We invest in the latest technology. We take the time to train the next generation of doctors and nurses. We work together to make sure we heal their bodies and their minds. This is our mission. More than 300,000 of us working as one, together with families and loved ones. No matter where they live in this country, we'll be there. We stand strong, united. Stand with us in caring for our veterans. Are you ready to sell your home and don't know which realtor to choose? Well, not all realtors are the same. I'm Crystal Copas, and I don't just stick a sign in the yard, throw it in the MLS, and hope to collect a commission. I provide a customized marketing plan that includes professional staging, photography, videography, and drone at no cost to you. Contact me, Crystal Copas, with Remax Real Estate Service, and let's get your house sold. 919-356-5402 or visit me at crystalcopas.com. Did you know there is a place right here in downtown Sanford that utilizes fresh, organic, and sustainable foods from our area's vast farming community? It's Cooper's Restaurant and Wine Room, located at 133 South Steel Street in historic downtown Sanford. I'm Executive Chef Brian Moser. Come join us Tuesday through Saturday from 5 to 10 to experience an ever-evolving, locally-sourced menu featuring the area's best farmers paired with the locally brewed beers and some of the world's best wine. Make your reservations now on the Open Table app and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We are there, day one, with baby names and a gift that lasts a lifetime. We are there, as you grow, protecting you and those you love. And we are there, as you start your next chapter. We are with you through life's journey. We are Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. Get to know us at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. You've messed up your daughter's haircut. Do you, A, get spiritual? Mom, where's the mirror? Beauty is within. Oh. B, find the positives. Less time blow drying, more time texting. Or C, show empathy. Mom, you really don't have twinsies. I kind of love it. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on adoption, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats, last segment of the day, and I want to take a, a couple Actually, of seconds. Okay, I got one question for you before you get started. All stu- right, go ahead. So if you're a backup quarterback or a backup anything, and the only reason you got into the game 
was to get into victory formation because the starter was overtaking a selfie with fans. Would you go out? Would you say, nah, I'm not doing it? I would say, nah, I'm not going out. Really? Yeah, I'd say have one of these other guys, one of these special teamers go out and do it. (laughs) They asked Case Keenum to come out. (laughs) He hasn't touched the ball all game, and he gets into victory formation while the starter's over there cheesing. Cha-ching! Hey, pictures. hey, it's 2019, man. It, nothing is out of bounds social media-wise. <laughs> Got to get that selfie, yo. And anymore, if you see a celebrity, athlete or not, are you asking for an autograph? No. That's not even what we do anymore. Can I give you the perfect example of this? And she's not even that famous. What, the, when somebody came and asked you for a self, selfie the other No, event? not me. But I have, it's well known. My friends know that I think Elizabeth Gardner, uh, the weather lady, is absolutely gorgeous. Like I have it for I have it for Elizabeth Gardner, and you're giving me a look like, oh. no, but I, I just think she's one of the best things since sliced bread. Oh my well, god! I went to a function, and my girlfriend taps me on the shoulder, and she goes, "Look who's next to you! It's Elizabeth Gardner." And I freeze up. She says, "Let me get a picture with you guys," and I'm like, "I don't want to ask. I'm afraid. I'm scared to death." DeLambert's pulling up a picture of her just to dude, see. I'm, I'm, what's, the, what's the old witch movie with uh, Bette Midler and Sarah <laughs> Jessica Parker? Uh, you know, yeah, Hocus Pocus. I'm straight off the set. You are insane, dude. I'm, I'm just saying, man. I mean, you know, he, he, okay, so you've never, nice, you've never had a crush on somebody that people just didn't get. So mm. come on. But the point to the story I is I that. like froze up in front of Elizabeth Gardner. Wow. You know, so you didn't ask for an autograph or a selfie. And I've said, you know, I've, I've been in, I worked at the Governor's Club. I, I've seen Michael Jordan. I've been like, what's up, what's up? He used to give, after one round of golf, he used to give my buddy his shoes because they had the same size. That's ludicrous. And so I was not afraid around arguably the best basketball player alive, but I was, I, I froze up in front of Elizabeth. Well, Turner. to be fair, I think you reach a certain point in your life where you're like, ah, the autograph thing, nah, I'm good, dude. Now, a, a selfie is not something I'm going to go ask somebody for. But if somebody wants to take a picture of us, then I'm probably down with that. But it's not something I'm going to pursue. And it's not that I'm like, eh, it's no big deal. I'm just at a point in my life where that's not my thing. I mean, So you're like the Lee Corso of... <laughs> <laughs> and Lee Corso, you know, during the time, during that conversation we had, I never asked for an autograph. But he um, just wanted you to stop Yeah, talking. he just wanted me to leave him alone. <laughs> whatever, man. Lee Corso. Not so fast, my friend. Yeah, not so I'm fast, my friend. I'm trying to drink my scotch. Not so fast, my friend. Um, yeah, and in fact, there's there's one particular, I'm not going to put a name out there, but there's one particular reporter in the region right now that works out of Raleigh. I'm not even going to throw the station out there, who is a very attractive young lass. And it is amazing to me, everywhere I go where she is at, how grown men lose their minds. Yeah. And you can see it, and, and I've found this person to be a little aloof and I have tried to engage in conversation about sports, about something that was going on on the field or whatever the case might be and just completely like get away from me dude and the first time, it's only happened twice but the first time it happened I was like what? For real? You're not going to big time me and this kind of was like who do you think you are? The second time though I was like I get it because I have been in press rooms where this, oh my God, 
People you got press, you got writers from all over the state, all over the country sometimes, and they're like, what's up? What do you think about Duke this year? Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. And you can see them like, you know, lean like, I'm not moving. I'm going to go ahead and, and get me a good lean on this wall, and, and I'm going to talk. We're going to have a conversation. And, and I was like, I get it. All is forgiven. I'm never going to speak to you unless you engage me because I see why you've got your defenses up. It's not that you're, you know, any particular word or whatever the case might be. I get it. My bad. I apologize on behalf of men everywhere because these guys, they won't leave you alone. Yeah. So I get it. I've been um, there, too. I've been there, too. So the women, I, the I'm, women just won't leave me alone. Yeah. So there's 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 times where if I'm, I'm on campus somewhere or something, I'll be like, oh, man, that's cool. You know, that's so-and-so. I remember when I met Zion Williamson for the first time, and I was like, oh, wow, that's Zion Williamson. That's cool. But it never occurred to me to be like, oh, I need to go, you know, bust some crazy joke. Oh, why didn't you go to UNC or, you know, get an autograph? Eh, I yeah, leave him alone. But it's cool to, to have been around him just it's funny like that. How, it's funny how different celebrities, even in the same family sometimes, are different when they comes to the regular Joe. Like, when I was in Vegas one time, I've told you about it, Rebecca Romaine Stamos had her table ripped, <laughs> had her table ripped off. Like, it wasn't even like, hey, no, it's okay. She went ahead and put some actual rope around her, like, stay back. Don't come over here and talk of to me. Of course, but I need you to finish that story, though, because but, I know who was with her. But so, oh, I'll t- do the story real quick. I didn't want to do the whole story, but so me and my buddy, Rich Harris, I wasn't going to say oh, any names. Just my, Rich. my boy, Rich Harris. I love you, buddy. But we, we're in Vegas, and we walk into the sports book in Mandalay Bay, and Rich Harris starts to go bananas. And Rebecca Romaine is in the building at this Rebecca point. Rebecca Romaine uh, Ramos. Stamos. Stamos. Um, she's there in the building. Of course, she's gorgeous, and she's awesome. And he starts tapping me, and he's like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, like a little schoolboy. You know, like, uh, I can't believe it. I can't. Do you see what I'm seeing? And I'm like, yeah, I'm looking at Rebecca Romaine St- Stamos. And he goes, oh, I can't believe it. It's John Stamos. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Jesse. Rich. Sorry, and I was like, I'm looking at, I'm over here looking at Rebecca Romain. But anyway, long, quick side note: John Stamos actually engaged us and was super cool. He seems like a cool guy, man. Yeah. He seems like a cool guy. One of those well-adjusted cats. Um, I I tried to do this about ten minutes ago, but I want to wish everybody out there a happy, happy Thanksgiving. Um, if you don't have some place to be on Thanksgiving weekend. Um, don't drive by my house because you know how everybody extends those invitations. How many of those invitations are hollow and how many are legit? Where they're like, if you don't have any place to go, you can come on out to the house. 100% of them. <laughs> no, um, I, I love Thanksgiving is my favorite, favorite, favorite holiday, period, bar none. Uh, Christmas is second, but I love Thanksgiving. I love food. I love to prepare food. I love having family around. Um, I'm fired up about it, except that. I don't know how anybody's relationship is out there. My wife and I have to not only put together the Thanksgiving list uh, to go grocery shopping and just kind of think through, make sure the meal makes sense, but we also have to delineate responsibilities because we can't cook a dish together. It doesn't work out well. We right. do we do just virtually everything well together. Does that we don't ever cook happen, well together. Though? Does that ever happen? What? That you cook well with somebody? Like a dish. Like I mean, it's cool to be navigating through the kitchen cooking your own thing. But does anybody actually go, hey, let's make a P 
pecan pie together or something like that. Like, I mean. We, no, my wife tries to engage me that way. But what she means is, will you come be my labor and do exactly what I tell you to do? And I don't function well in that circumstance. You're not a sous chef. No, I'm not a sous chef, dude. If I'm going to have my hands on it, I got to be that. I got to be that alpha you dog. You need to be the general. And so I have my responsibilities. The, primarily, the turkey and the ham will be me. Everything else will be her, sort of. Um, but yeah, that's the that's the critical piece. It's not what are we having. It's which one of us is going to prepare this. Um, the other piece of that, though, is that my wife, she has a an off switch where she gets to a certain level in terms of investment of energy, and she's just like, I'm done. And on days like Thanksgiving, it could be in the middle of meal prep where she's supposed to do six things, and she'll get to the fourth and be like, I'm just not doing that other stuff. <laughs> but, but so I can't leave her with the turkey or the ham because there's a good chance the that the turkey or the ham will be that fifth or sixth thing, and she'll just be like, no, we got enough food already. I'm good. I'm going to go sit and watch bad TV. And that's, that's the end of it. So, yeah, that's why I take on the turkey or the ham. We have a turkey recipe, or a ham recipe, rather, that is amazing. Now, I know the answer to this question, but are you uh, – Games playing in the background, kind of. Oh, for sure, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll have football. We are too. Yeah, for sure. Have you ever been invited to Thanksgiving where it's a TV off household? Uh, yes. How bad try to get out of that as quickly as you can? (laughs) Yeah, and 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 you know, I mean, the food could be the best. Well, how do you even ask? Either it's like, uh, I went to game. What what are we doing here? But you 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 know that it's a conscious decision. So you can't ask, hey, can we put the game on? Because you know, and here's the other piece of that, is if the game is not on in the background, what's on in place of it? Bad music. Bad music. So you can't be like, can I put the game on because people are playing bad music and it's one or the other and I'm, I'm not doing it, whether it's holiday music or elevator music like or bad, whatever. But you're never going to roll in and somebody's playing, you know, Rage Against the Machine. Or anything good. Cat scratch fever. Yeah, Ted, nah, that's Ted News is bad. But yeah, that's that's it. It's one or the other. And yeah, this is a word to the wise. If you're going to have Thanksgiving and there's not football integrated into the entire event, don't don't invite me. Please don't invite me because I will bounce so fast. Well, you'd be like, month. where did that dude go? Uh, he said he was going out to get cigarettes. Yeah, I'll pull the I'll pull the deadbeat dad on you in a high <laughs> second. We we've uh, moved the Halloween. Uh, Halloween, Thanksgiving dinner, a couple of different places. But when it's at my mom's, we ha- she has an official dining room. Uh huh. And we fight for the chair. Yes, that, where you can see the TV. Where you can see the TV. Yes. Like, I'm not going to eat yet, but I'm gonna I'm gonna put my hands on this plate just to make sure my territory. You've seen me touch this plate and this yeah. glass, and I usually drink. You know, take a sip out of the glass and sit it right there. Where you so lick be- the dinner roll? Is that, is that the game you play? Exactly, yeah. I can dig it. I can dig it. But, yeah, happy Thanksgiving to everybody that's out there. Friday night, I'll be out at Lee County High School. Um, Lee County takes on Cleveland. Kick is at 730. We're excited about it. Lee County looking to move on. Uh, this really, truly, in a, in a year where Lee County has blown through most of their competition, this is far and away the stiffest challenge. And May actually be the stiffest challenge they face on their way to a state championship. Cleveland is no joke. It's going to be a good football game. Uh, Weather shouldn't be too bad. Kickoff 730 at Paul B. Gay Stadium if you can make it out there. Do. Um, Last closing thoughts. I think we, we confirmed Joe Burrow is going to be your Heisman Trophy winner. I don't have any doubt in my mind. And you, also you got, what do you think? And also your bug exterminator. Yes. He but can also take care of all of your handyman needs around the house. So call Joe Burrow at 
B-U-R-R-O-W. I don't know. Um, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, that seems like it's going to be, especially if you, like you said, all the votes, a, a lot of the votes are already in. It looks like he's going to have a, a leg up. You want to make a prediction on the uh, UNC-NC State game that has huge bowl ramifications? Uh, UNC's not going bowling if they don't get a W here. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. You got a prediction? I feel like Dave Doran has probably been preparing for this game for the last three weeks. So uh, I'm going to say that NC State upsets them and they stop one game short of a, a bowl game this any year. Chance that, any chance that Doran gets bounced if he gets beat by He's UNC got one here. more year. One He's more got year. one more year. All right, and, and one quick acknowledgement. There were a couple milestones. First of all, Frank Gore moves into third all-time NFL rushing That's yards incredible. this week. That's amazing, but even more amazing, and I don't know if you, if you caught this one, Russell Wilson with his victory yesterday, ensured a 500 record. No quarterback in the history of the NFL, in the entire history of the NFL, has started their career with eight consecutive winning seasons. That, ladies and gentlemen, is bananas, and that's territory nobody's ever been in. At some point in the next year or two, I know we're, we're getting to that point where Russell Wilson is one of the touchstones in the league. We're a year or two away from Russell Wilson being in that pantheon, you know, of all-time greats, where with another Super Bowl or two, he's talked about in that sort of light, which is really, really amazing. Should have handed the ball to Marshawn Lynch. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, this has been From the Cheap Seats. I'm Chris. This is Brandon. Thanks for hanging out with us. Check us out on social media at Cheap Seat Radio. We are out of here. Peace. Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio.